All right, it's always a privilege to talk to people that you grew up listening to, and uh, this person is no exception. Welcome, Dennis DeYoung, to the program. How are things up in the Great North? Well, the, the Great North is like everywhere else. Nothing, nothing is going on right now. So, uh, uh, you know, it is what it is, right? And and you were saying to me earlier, I think you had a hazmat suit on or something, because you That's never know. Right. right, right now you're sitting there to entertain yourself. Law and Order reruns, old stale pizza, and words with friends. That's exactly it. And we are at a social distance, just in case anyone is wondering. Uh, I, I got a story for you. So I'm 51. Back when I was in my early teens, used to be a place called the Roller alley in Welland, uh, not far out of Niagara Falls. And as a 13-year-old, 14-year-old kid, you'd go roller skating and, and you knew the last song of the night was a slow song and you had to find a girl to dance. And every night it was Babe by Styx. And it forever is embedded in my mind because I remember just soon as you heard that song start, you got stressed out because you had to go find a girl that you've been eyeing all night and have enough courage to ask her to dance. So my first love, if you will, of of girls at a young age came to me dancing to Babe. So I wanted to share that story with you. Well, you're welcome. You want to hear another story? Jim Carrey wrote uh, in an interview that he, the first time he had... Uh, sexual relations with a girl was to lady, but he's a little older than you. Look, here's the thing. You know, we love rock and roll music. I love rock and roll music, but I remember um, Elvis. Was it uh, was it Hound Dog? And then right after Hound Dog, we heard Love Me Tender. You know what I mean? And I thought I love them both. And that's me. I have a very a very broad, wide uh, array of and taste in music. And as much as you want to bang our heads and rock out, we want an opportunity to slow dance with, with a young lady, and a young lady wants the opportunity to do the same. And the thing about what you said about roller rinks, when I do my uh, my live show, I said that was me you know, in, in, in your rec room, that was me in your kitchen, that was me in your car, that was me at your graduation, at your prom, and at the roller rink. I say that because Babe might have been at one time the national biggest hit at roller rinks of all time. Now, I don't even know why that happened, but when you tell me that story, it makes my heart glad because Babe, the actual Babe, can hear this interview. She's sitting in the next room, my wife of 50 years. Right. So that's, that's a song I wrote, not for Sticks. I don't know if you know the story. It was a demo I did with John and Chuck Panazzo. And uh, for my wife's birthday, I wrote her a song for birthday, and I, ne- I never intended the world to hear it. It was never for anyone but her. It turned out so good that the record company wanted it, and that's how it got on the album. So uh, what, what, what started out just as a heartfelt thanks to somebody who I was constantly, constantly traveling uh, without her being there and saying thanks for hanging in there with me and thanks for loving me and, and, and raising our daughter, it turned out it, it, it touched hearts uh, all the way up into the Canadian North at a roller rink. That's right. What, that song, is that a miracle? That's a miracle. It, it really is. And that song went to number one, right? I think it was the only number one song by Styx. Is that right? I think the other ones... It was, except in Canada. You people are so smart. I don't know what it is. I have no idea. <laughs> we had four number one records in Canada. In Canada, right, yeah. Did and I didn't realize that. I started reading these st- statistics recently, 
And that's what you do when you get old. You Listen, by the way, can you answer this question? If you Google yourself more than 300 times a day, is that excessive? Uh, no, I'm, I'm at at least 400. So if you're doing okay. three and, and you got a, a longer history than I do, that's not bad. So I, I did, and it's in the Canadian charts, four number one hits up in Canada. That's just, that's amazing. So, yeah, but in the United States, uh, we had one. That was Babe, and right. it was never supposed to be a stick song. So, you know what? As we know right now, the universe does what it wants, doesn't it? Absolutely. And, and we're going to talk about your record because that's what we're here to talk about. But I want to say one other thing that you were so unique because back in the, the, those days, you were married, you had kids, like people who were, quote, rock stars. That's not the life they were living. They were using and abusing drugs and women. And here you were this family guy, right? And you had a wife at home and you were such a different perspective for people back in that day. And and I think that is so awesome. Well, thanks. I, um, I was married and had a kid before I had a record deal. So from the very beginning, my wife was there, you know, to, uh, you know, not only to ground me, but to support me. Well, so, she, she did a good job, man. <laughs> yeah, she did a great job. And uh, she's in the next room and she's uh, laying on ice. She just had back surgery. So she's letting you do an interview. Uh, good th- thank her for me, would you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I will. Uh, later on. Uh, so, know, I'll, I'll bring her a brajol. So, so you, have a anyway. brand new, you have a brand new album out, uh, coming out, actually, in uh, a couple of weeks, April the 10th on Frontiers, uh, 26 East, Volume 1. So... Before I get into the the title of the album and some of the songs, why a record now for you? It's a good question because I fought it. Uh, in, in 2014, 15, 15, I was offered an opportunity to make a a, a, a brand new record, and I, I, I turned it down. I, I didn't think that uh, I, I didn't think that the music business, as it has as it has been currently constructed in the last oh, maybe six, seven, eight years. It, it, it's so um, anti-ethical against rock music because the delivery system by which rock was uh, was founded on is gone. There, there's so few contemporary rock stations anywhere. They're almost always classic rock, like you. And I've said it jokingly many times, the two most dreaded words in the English language the classic rock fans is new music. Right, exactly. And that was my question. Like, why, do, do people care about new music? Well, the thing is, I didn't believe they did. And then the, the president of Frontiers Records, who offered me the deal, kept every six months, Dennis, please take a, I have an album deal for you. Do make a, why, why? And then my buddy, Jim, Jim Peterick from uh, Survivor. Right. I the Tiger. I the Marsh. Um, 38 special, he wrote a lot, he's a songwriter, he's the guy who wrote Eye of the Tiger. He, uh, he lives three blocks from me, and he's also on Frontiers, and he kept, you know, he, nagging me, Dan, come on, the world needs your music. I said, yeah, have the world text me, because I don't <laughs> buy it. So he, uh, he kept up, and finally, he said, let's write some songs. I said, I wanna. And he, uh, he sent me a, a, a demo of a song, real... You know, bare bones, just him, you know, with him sitting there and singing on the phone. And I said, oh, that's a pretty good song, man. So let's see. I said, let's see if we can finish it. We finished it. And before you know it, we had finished eight. So we kept working. And then um, 
I, I still wasn't convinced I wasn't going to take any money from a record company until I knew I had the songs. Because, to, uh, attention all musicians, please, just because you can make records in the toilet now with all these digital devices or anywhere else you choose, doesn't mean you should. Okay? Make sure you get good songs. We just don't need music clouding our heads. We need great songs. If you got one, record it. And if you don't know what a great song is, get a muse or ask people. Sure. And so I wasn't going to make a bunch of... I know how to write songs. I wanted to make good ones. If I couldn't make good ones, I wasn't going to do it. And it turns out I thought at some point, hey, we got, we got some good ones. Let's, let's finish the album. So we did, and uh, it comes out the 10th. 26 East is the title. And right now, uh, I decided to release my, my first single off the album in the, in the midst of a pandemic. This is what I call perfect timing. <laughs> so, but it is because... People have an opportunity to sit home and listen to it. Yeah, it's, it's plenty of complaints. <laughs> Download it, kids. It's a uh, the lead single is a duet I did with Julian Lennon. It's a song called "To the Good Old Days." Oh boy, Mar now more than ever do we need that song. Right. And, uh, I, I just love it. So I did that, and uh, it's a two-sided single. It has love, love, Jesus Christ. East of Midnight is the flip, and uh, it's a typical stick song. From the you know the from the heyday seventies late seventies and, and and the other one is me and Jules just doing a song. So my question about that one though uh, to the good old days, which which I I really like and and you know I didn't even know that Julian Lennon was still singing. Like I had well, no I had no he idea. Not have known either. Yeah. So so this a little bit of surprise. And what I want to know is that the song really is about kind of the sweet days of, of your past, right? The fans, the friends, the family, all of those type of things. But yet, really, Jules carries the majority of the vocal, right? You harmonize with him on it. Yeah, I, I constructed it that way on purpose. Um, it's a two-part, you know, like, it's like, um, uh, well, imagine the Beatles when, when John and Paul sang the whole thing. Think of Babies in Black. It's not that kind of a song. Oh, do you want, can I do Babies in Black? You know? That's Lennon McCartney harmonizing. And really, who is singing the melody? I don't know. It goes back and forth. Right. So, in this song, I constructed it uh, for the two of us to sing because harmony in music and in life is vital. Right. When things fit together and feel right, it's really, really special. And it emphasizes that along with what's going on right now, we are all in this thing together. And our differences that are exacerbated for many reasons, through religion or politics or skin color, or you name it, I'm on this team, you're on that tribe. When it kind of comes down to it, we're human beings on this planet. And we're all gonna face the inevitability of the universe. So harmony is, is vital. And two, one and one, one like, and like in this song, one and one makes three. When he and I sing together, it's bigger than the individuals. It right. makes something bigger. And that's what I went for. Did I, make, did, I, did I accomplish the task? I think so. I think it's, and I think it's a great song, and you guys sound great singing together. You have a lyric line in here, uh, something like, for times ahead, may we all forgive. And and I'm yeah. and I'm listening to that and I'm and I don't know I really don't know today 
what your relationship or, or lack of is with with Tommy Shaw and Sticks. Um, was this part of that, like forgiving kind of, I mean, I'm moving on in my life. I mean, this is, I'm putting closure on things in the past. I'm thankful for it, but I'm done with that. I think it's, it's macro, not micro. Micro would be what you discussed right. regarding one aspect of my life. But the overarching thought process for me was forgiveness is, is vital. It's tough. It's the hardest thing to give is forgiveness. But it frees both parties from the, from the chains that bind us. And I was just saying, you know, when we look back, we have to forgive others and we have to forgive ourselves and say, we are after all, just these goofball human beings who unlike other species, as far as we know, are the only ones on the planet that know that we're finite. Mm -hmm. And that's a heavy load to bear. So, so often when I see human beings acting like mooks, imbeciles, awful, I think, guys, yeah, you're, you know you're, you know you're not going to last forever. And a lot of that drives behavior. So forgiveness is important for all of us. Absolutely. That, that, that's a great point. I went to the, to the micro just because that's where my mind was going, right? When yeah, I'm listening to the song. Gonna, so. They're going to go, well, yeah. does he mean this? <laughs> you know, I mean, sure, specifically and in general. Right. Uh, you know, and I'm raising a glass to the past in this song, aren't I? Yes, absolutely. I'm there was good, right? And there, and there, there will be moments, uh, you know, that, that, that are not so happy, that were, were pretty tough to get through. Uh, some may even say impossible. Um, let's let's join arms. Let's raise a glass and say, "Look, we've come this far. Right. Good Here's point. what we've done, and we are, after all, only human." And these are important times for us to get along and to forgive. Obviously, uh, I want to talk about East of Midnight. Ironically, I do late night radio. Now, late night radio has. Uh, drastically changed over the years, obviously, but this song uh, is really cool about how music transported us to a, a world bigger than we knew. And I, I mean, you you hit on the head when you said this is a classic 1970s uh, stick song. I I'm in love with the song. I was working this morning in my office. I played it three to four times. Amazing Wait song. Wait till you hear the album. I can't. I'm gonna have Jody send it to you. So you got to share. You can't share it or post it. But where do you hear the album if you like that? See, the album is more like that track. Okay. And the Jewel song is an outlier. I wrote that for he and I to sing. Mm -hmm. And it's not sticks like, other than you hear me in there. Um, that's more, well, dare I say, Beatlesque. Yeah, absolutely. But East of Midnight, and, and coincidentally, I just realized this year that they do all these interviews. East of Midnight is the first song on the record. And of the good old days is the last one. What comes in between is more like East of Midnight. And for the Sticks fans who have been waiting for something like this, well, there it is. There it is. Yeah, and you, so you dug it. Uh, 26 East. So speak to this now. I like that it's volume one, which tells me there's going to be more than one album. And if I know Serafino, he's probably convinced you to do more than one album. Uh, so 26 East is what and the address where you grew up specifically when you uh, first started out? Yeah. If my parents 
my parents' house. It was 2060 101st place. Uh, in the basement of that house in 1962, two kids, the Panazzo brothers, who lived across the street, and me got together f- for the first time and decided to form a band. And we did, right then and there. So where it began, so shall it end. It began in that basement. And the three locomotives, there are three locomotives. Right, I saw that. On the album cover, represent John Chuck and myself, the three guys who were the nucleus of sticks. Right. So <clears throat> it was once again a tribute with, without whom the three of us, there would never have been a sticks. And the fact that we got together in 1962, we weren't even playing rock and roll. I played accordion. We were kids trying to make our parents happy. Because you know what we want? You know what you want and I want and everyone listens? Everybody wants a pat on the head. They want people to tell them. Good, Good job. job. Right. Approve of you. We love you. That's what human beings want. And they go to extreme measures to get it. So you have uh, volume one, which tells me again, like you have more than probably enough songs to do uh, a volume two or... Here's what happened. I only wanted to do one record. Okay. And then Jim Peterick and I got together. We started writing. Like I said, we wrote eight songs together. And so we ended up, I, I ended up with about 18 songs. He wrote, he and I wrote at least half, and I wrote the other half by myself. And <clears throat> I thought Frontiers would say, well, okay, let's, let's win with down, you know, to the, the best. And Serafina was the president. Excuse me, came to me and said, we want them all. I said, well, you can't put them all. You know, people are going to be like, who needs all this music? Uh, so he said, how about if we do two releases? And um, I, I didn't want to, but I did it. Because I figured, okay, I did all the work. I spent all the money, all the time and the effort. If you think the songs are good enough, fine by me. So there will be two. Um, when it comes, you know, it'll d- depend on the success of this first one. If this is, uh, the first one is successful, it'll be a while. If it, if it, it, it dies in the vine in four weeks, in the fifth week, we'll come with the second one. No, I don't know <laughs> what they're going to do. No idea. Well, and, and you right now, I mean, this obviously probably won't happen at this point, but April 3rd, you were playing the, the House of Blues, right, to play the album um, for the crowd there, a Q&A playing some stick songs after that, maybe some songs. So that's obviously probably going to get pushed back. Uh, I said it's the, it's the world under house arrest. Yeah. And you were supposed and to play this weekend, to too. And you know what? I, you know, sometimes, like I said to you in the beginning, without sounding like uh, I know it all, we're, we're just, we're just, you know, we're just human beings on this planet. We, we don't know what the heck's going on in the universe. We, 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 we fool ourselves to think we have control. This proves conclusively we do not. So everyone can relax right now. Hopefully everyone will be all right. They'll have enough food, water, and they won't be in such financial straits that that their lives will be altered. Um, But we're in the same basket. Right, all together. That's it. You know, the the, the guy who runs Universal Music, one of the most powerful men in the in the entertainment business, has got he he's got it. Yeah, I heard that. I mean, Hanks has got it. This is you know, it don't care. It doesn't care how many you know albums you sold. It doesn't care how smart you think you are. So, the best thing I think we can all do 
is to take it for what it is to protect ourselves and to tell the people that we love that we love them and uh, and now that we're trapped in a house together, try not to kill each other. <laughs> That's a good point. Looks like you're looking after your wife, though, so you're doing a good job so far. <laughs> oh, listen, my wife and I have been together like this for decades and so we looked at each other and he said everyone's going oh they're in the house by themselves i said well for us that's thursday <laughs> great point uh so this will this be uh after volume two comes out will this be it for you for albums are you is this the bookend to a storied career that started out you know um with sticks early on and and we'll end with this or where do you see the next five years that's it kids uh, if i keep touring It'll depend on the universe again. My tour, which you mentioned, has all been, everybody's, not my, everybody's tour has been said, hey, by the way, people aren't gonna get, come together and see you, that seems a little dangerous. So when that resumes, I will resume, like everybody else, because I'm no special than anybody else. Lady Gaga's got nothing on me, does she? No. Nope. <laughs> no, she ain't going either. No, right. Oh, and by the way, I've always preferred, I don't know about you, but I preferred the first guy to the second. So we're all in the same boat. Uh, one other thing, your, your son plays on this album, correct? He plays to the good old days with Jules on vocals. Yeah. You know, let me tell you the story. Aren't you interested? Yeah, absolutely. I'm a drummer. Song, I'm a drummer. I, of course I, I am. Song, uh, that was a Beatles tribute. 2964 was the opening line when the Beatles were on Sullivan, which changed my life. That moment I saw the Beatles, I said, I'm going to do that. So where it began, so shall it end. I'm writing this Beatles song as a tribute. And I said, who can I get to sing this with? And I thought, I wonder if Julian Lennon would do it. But then I thought, no, he shouldn't sing a song like this. That's when I went to the piano and wrote to the good old days. Mm -hmm. For he and I specifically, I sent it to him, a little demo. I don't know him, never met him. I just sent it to me, got his manager's address and sent it. And he emailed me back, he'd be honored to do it. See, every time I think the universe is trying to kill me, it does something nice. Right, and it shows you, you, you should always ask because you never know. No, you don't know. You know, there's the pretty girl there. You're afraid to ask her to dance. Well, you'll never know unless you ask. That's right. So, so Matthew plays drums on that track. He does. And he thanks me every day. He didn't want to do it at first. Because, um, you know, father and sons, right? He didn't want to, he didn't want to disappoint his father. Right. I said, you're not. You're going, to be, you're going to make me the happiest guy in the world. So he has, he has his own band. I'm talking about. So, uh, honey, you want to do the rest of the interview? <laughs> yeah, she does. There you go. So, um, so there you go. Yeah. And he called me up every day. And said, oh, Dad, I can't believe it because you know, here here in the United States, it came out Monday, and in, in the midst of the chaos. And we got our first chart position on, on media base and BDS here in the United States. And on the classic hits thing, which is an odd thing, it, it came up number two and number one. Go on! That's wow. ridiculous. Uh, so I'm going to start a campaign. All you, all you Canadians, go download it. Call your radio station. Do you that's guys right. play new music? By the no, way, you no, don't. No, we don't, and that's the problem. What's right? wrong with you? I, I, yeah, let I, me I, talk to your PD. Who's your PD? <laughs> I'll, I'll hook you up. You can ask him why he can't play new songs. I'm going to tell him right now. Classic hits. They don't play 
new music either, but they added it, and people like it. We play Come Sail Away and Mr. Roboto and, you know. Oh, sorry. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Put this on in the morning on your morning show, and people will thank you. I guarantee it. If it doesn't happen, you'll give them $5. <laughs> All right. Sounds like a good plan. So, 26 so anyway, there you go. I- I'm on the charts. I'm going to start a campaign that says, let's make Dennis DeYoung at 73, the oldest guy in history to have a top 10 single. <laughs> That's right. See, there you go. Why not? Absolutely. And I've said- part of something, kids. That's right. And I, I'll tell you, like I, I tell everybody that I interview that, that comes to Canada, I'm a drummer and I think I'm great some days. So if you ever need somebody and you're in Niagara Falls, Ontario, playing a gig, maybe I could pull it off. We got a spot for tambourine. <laughs> I'll take it. What, whatever, <laughs> whatever you got. <laughs> Good old days. You come out there and play the play the two and the four, would you? Absolutely. Uh, so, twenty sixth East Volume One uh, coming out on Frontiers April tenth. Make sure you buy it. You can go to uh, the website. Your website. You have a website. I wrote it down here, right? Uh, DennisDeYoung.com. Facebook. That's where I, everything on there, kids. If you like this interview, don't go because I write everything on my own Facebook and I read it. So it's not like a typical, oh, the world is great. We're playing here tonight. Aren't we sensational? It's not that kind. I say stuff on there. And if you like what I said here today, okay, uh, go. If you don't like it, don't ever go there. (laughs) Dennis DeYoung, you're the best. Thank you so much. All right, guys and gals, be well and everyone stay healthy.